Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Now we're nearing the end of the Be Like Jesus series. This series has been so powerful for me personally. I feel like through each week, through each truth that Jesus is is showing us how to get a little better, a little healthier, both spiritually and emotionally. We've talked about the fact that this is not just a, a spiritual series about how to grow in the Lord and in the things of God, but it's also like a mental health uh, series. Because Jesus is giving us the pathways to really experiencing great uh, mental health. And last week we introduced a wellness wheel. And I want to revisit that. We talked about the fact that each of these kind of slices of the pie are opposites from what the world would say will lead you to mental health, but they really work because the word of God really works. How many would say amen? Amen. God's way is higher than our way, but it's also better. And so it's always meant to bless us and strengthen us. And today we're going to be talking about becoming peacemakers. Now, as, I, as we talk about being peacemakers, I want you to know that we're going to have to be deliberate about receiving the word of God, receiving the truth of God. Because we're living in a culture that doesn't like the concept of peace. We're living in a culture that's really opposite to peace But if you want to be really healthy and satisfied and content, you need to focus on being a peacemaker. Believe it or not, you're going to be so much better for it at the end of the day. How many believe that to be true? Okay, so hold on, hold on. See, this happened last service. You start talking about peacemaking, right? And, and the whole series has been like this, by the, well, not the whole series, most of the series. Because remember, when Jesus talks to us most of the time, it's opposite from what we're getting all week in the world. So part of what we have to do as Christians is we have to open our hearts, open our eyes, and understand that what you've been hearing all week is not in line with the kingdom of God. We are children of another kingdom. We are citizens of another country. We are children of the most high God. Somebody say amen. And therefore, the world and this culture is not supposed to shape the church. The church is supposed to impact and shape the culture. How many would say amen to that? Blessed be the name of the Lord. But that means that you got to receive the word of God deep. It means you have to take in what God is saying, which is completely opposite from what the world is saying. And say, God is right. God is totally right. So let's read what the Bible says here in the Good News Translation, Matthew chapter 5, verse 9 says, Happy, and remember, oh, how happy, oh, how blessed, oh, how fortunate is what Jesus was saying, are those who, everyone, work. 
Happy are those who work for peace. The key word today will be work. You have to work for peace. God will call them his children. Blessed, favored are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. The key word here is work. A peacemaker is one who labors, okay, is, next slide. A peacemaker is one who labors for reconciliation, one who works for the restoration of relationships or the resolution of conflicts. Peacemaking is the higher wisdom. It's the loftier lifestyle. And it's part of the most excellent way. When you step into the lifestyle of becoming a peacemaker, now you're operating not the way the world operates, but according to a higher wisdom. You're living by something way loftier. People start to recognize that you truly are a child of God. You truly are a citizen of heaven. We are citizens of heaven. We're going to see him face to face and be with him. We're just passing through temporarily. Anybody look? Looking forward to the day when we get to the place that is truly our home. So we live by something higher. And when you live by something higher, you are so much better. You sleep better. You wake up better when you decide to be a peacemaker. Everything about your life is richer and stronger and fuller. There is a joy unspeakable that's full of glory for those who commit to being peacemakers. It really is the most excellent way. In other words, there's a labor that will leave us at times physically depleted. There's a labor that during the labor we sweat and we struggle, and we're physically depleted. People go to the gym day after day, and when they go to the gym, they work out, and they sweat, and all of this, and then they take a shower, and then they go out into the day, and they feel rejuvenated and excited. There's a labor that is, is strenuous, but yet it revives you. Being a peacemaker is the spiritual version of working out dropping stress, and then being ready and being energized. It's the best kind of labor. There is a reason why people buy Pelotons. You know why? It's because there's this thing. You get on the bike, you, 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 uh, you, uh, you, know, you go at it for 30 minutes or for 40 minutes, you sweat. There's just a bucket of sweat on the floor. And, and then you go and you, you take a shower and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I feel so good. You know, that's exactly the way peacemaking is. It's real work, but it's a real blessing. It really makes your heart full and satisfied and blessed. Listen, the Jewish rabbis held that the highest task which a man can perform is to establish right relationships between man and man. That is what Jesus means by happy are the peacemakers, is that we work hard to create peace. When I was a kid, uh, 1983, my junior year, 
I remember walking in Brooklyn, it's like a 15 minute walk. I went under the Brooklyn Bridge and I watched the celebration of the 100th year anniversary of the building of the Brooklyn Bridge. And you know what? I saw that day the most amazing uh, fireworks show I've ever seen. Um, I mean, it trumped anything I've ever seen before, anything we've seen at Navy Pier, the Macy's show. This thing was amazing. And for about two or three weeks in, um, in Brooklyn, everything was Brooklyn Bridge. And so I actually discovered something during that period that bridge building is one of the most difficult and laborious vocations that someone can take on. Like bridge building is really hard work. It's actually dangerous work. And um, some, some people, look at, take a look at this picture. When they were building this bridge, there were a number of people that actually fell from there and gave their lives. And um, uh, I mean, this was like no joke. You ever wonder when you watch a bridge building or when you think about a bridge, when you're going, driving over a bridge, it's like, how did they get that big piece of cement and all that, all that rock. How did they get that down in there with the water down there? Okay, well, what they would do is, next slide, please. What they would do is they had this machinery, this mechanism that would go down into the water and it would push the water out. And the guys would somehow go down under there and they would dig out the dry ground at the, where the water was, they would dig that out. It was very, very dangerous. And then they also had to pour concrete as well. And the historians differ on how many people gave their lives. Somewhere between 20 to 40 people gave their lives to build the bridge. But see, bridge building has a great impact and benefit to society. When, 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 there, when a bridge is built, it makes things easier for us. It makes things possible for us that previously were not possible. Well, for us, I, I, when we determine to be uh, uh, peacemakers, we actually become like spiritual bridge builders. And the title today is Happy Are the Bridge Builders. I hope that today we could commit to becoming bridge builders. And I need to say this. Look, every one of us have some relationships that need that the bridge was burned down. And you know what? God wants us to be children of God and to take that project back up. And so this is, this is going to take deep prayer. This is going to take the Holy Spirit working deep in our lives. And I want you to lift your hands with me. I know we've prayed a lot already, but I want you to lift your hands and I want you to open up your heart. And, and, and we want to pray, God, make me a bridge builder. God, would you come by your mighty power and would you make us like you, Lord Jesus? We want to be known as children of the most high God. So, Lord, help us to be bridge builders. God, there are families represented here that there's so much division, so much strife, and you want us to build a bridge. There are people who are thinking about divorce when you want them to build a bridge. 
God, move today by your mighty power. We want to be different from this world and the ways of this world and the things of this world, oh God. We want to operate like you. So God, let your people be filled with joy and peace and strength and contentment as they commit to the labor of spiritual bridge building. Do it today. We offer ourselves to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen Amen and amen. Happy are the bridge builders. Happy are the ones who really, really work hard to build spiritual bridges. You know, one of the most famous bridge builders in history was Abraham Lincoln. And I want to I want to use an example of how he's described because when you want to be a bridge builder, there are unique qualities that are are needed. In the book, Team of Rivals, this is a book I'm going to be reading on my sabbatical. So just looking at it encourages me, but let's not get distracted, right? Um, Look at what this book says. It says, this then is a story of Lincoln's political genius revealed through his extraordinary array of personal qualities that enabled him to form friendships with men who had previously opposed him, to repair injured feelings that left unattended might have escalated into permanent hostility, to assume responsibility for the failures of subordinates, to share credit with ease, and to learn from mistakes. There's a certain kind of uh, um, collection of, of personality traits that go with being a spiritual bridge builder, and we need to understand what it really means to be a peacemaker. And so here's a couple of key things about this. First of all, bridge building is hard work. Everybody say hard work. It's really hard work. This will make you sweat. Peacemaking is really hard work. Bridge building is really hard work. It means that we do the hard work of reconciliation instead of the easy work of cancel culture. So we're living in a world where if someone disagrees with you, you just cancel them. Cancel culture is for the weak. Cancel culture is not for the children of God. Cancel culture means that just because you disagree with someone, you turn your back on them and you don't want them anymore. But you know, if you keep canceling everyone out that doesn't agree with you, you'll end up more lonely. You'll end up more isolated. You'll end up more depressed. How many know bridge builders, they connect with everybody. They have lots of different ways of reaching out and connecting. With Cancel is easy. Bridge building is hard. And we have to be careful. We have to be careful about how we take in the news. We have to be careful about how we listen to information, listen to professors, listen to people in power. Be careful. Don't let them shape you. You're here to shape them. Come on, somebody say amen to that. 
Listen, on social media in the last couple of weeks, the red flag uh, emoji has just gone viral. Okay? It's kind of like a humorous expression of cancel culture. Okay? It's kind of funny, but here's what the definition of a red flag means. It's exactly what you think it means. It means impending danger. But this could refer to a person or to someone's position. It could be a no-go, a big problem, a warning sign. Typically, the use of red flag is used to describe a deal breaker in a relationship. This is the main thrust of this, quote, joke, which is not funny at all. Okay? See, this is the way the devil slips things into us. He does it funny, he does it funny, he does it funny. Then it becomes something. He, you're armed with the wrong weapon. Because we receive the things of this world too deeply. We receive the word of God deeply. And we reject the things and the ways of this world. Somebody please say amen to that. It's true. It's right. So listen, it described, uh, it's used to describe a deal break in relationships or friendships. According to personal preference. You see, but here's how it's rolling out. Dunkin' Donuts just uh, tweeted this. I don't drink coffee. All of these red flags. Now, I just want you to know, this is a bridge building moment for me personally. Because in my house, maybe we could work this out on the sabbatical. <laughs> my wife loves Dunkin' Donuts. Not me. In fact, this week... I did something very godly. <laughs> My wife was filming something at one of the buildings here. And she said, honey, she called me, can somebody get me some coffee from Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I drove over there, just down the block. I never go over there. So... <laughs> I drove over there. When I got in the drive-thru, I said, Lord, this is such a bad testimony. I was like this. I was ordering like this. Give me the coffee. You know, I just drove out like this. I was like, save me, Jesus. You got to build bridges, amen? Super funny, but not so funny. Okay? The next time you see someone red flagging someone, it's not that funny. You see... Bridge builders don't red flag and run. Okay, bridge builders forge ahead and reset, repair, and restore. Come on, repeat that with me. Come on, repeat that with me. Ready? Reset, repair, and restore. One more time. Reset, repair, and restore. That is bridge building. Come on, come on, let's praise God. Yes, Lord. A peacemaker has the capacity to reset in their relationship. That means you forgive. Right? Jesus says, after we sin, Jesus says, I will remember your sins, what? No more. We got to reset. You want to be godly, you've got to be able to reset with people. We talked about this. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. So you reset the relationship by forgiving. You start the work of repairing those injuries. You start the work of repairing 
And then you literally restore. It's like, hey, this, it's like it never happened. For the world that might, we are not the Hatfields and the McCoys. We don't hold a grudge for, for 10 generations. We are the children of God. We believe in the power of the blood of Christ. We know that God is able to repair the bridge. He's able to restore the relationships. We know he can do it. We can't do it, but he can do it through us. If we let him work in us, then he'll work through us and he'll build that bridge. And he'll make that peace by his mighty power. He'll restore the marriage. He'll restore the family. He'll restore the relationship. He's able by his mighty power. And so we're not guided by CNN and Fox News. They don't tell us how to feel and how to live. You want to watch the news, watch the news. But my prayer is that the news would not be your guide. Let the word of God, let the Holy Spirit be your guide today. Come on, somebody say amen. Hallelujah. When you stop watching the news, you should be able to worship God and say, isn't he lovely? Isn't he beautiful? Because it's not getting to you like that. We live differently. Hallelujah. You want to know how to be a peacemaker? Reset, repair, restore. Don't red flag and run. Look, peacemaking is a real delicate matter because the world can often confuse it. I have this, we got this out of a book. I thought this was excellent. So... Peacemaking requires sometimes that we overlook. A man's wisdom, Proverbs 19.11 or 11.19. Uh, a man's wisdom gives him patience, but it's to his glory to overlook an offense. Love covers a multitude of sin. Okay? However, however, peacemaking is not denial. See, some families, some people, you deny the problem, and that's not peacemaking, that's peace faking. Okay? Never sacrifice truth on the altar of peace. That's peace faking. You don't have to do that. Some people run away from their problems. Don't run from your relational problems. Okay, if there are important people in your life, don't run from them. The Holy Spirit will help you. Jesus is there to help you. Jesus is the ultimate peacemaker. Don't run. Don't give in to the spirit of divorce. Don't give in to the lie that says, I choose hate instead of forgiveness and love. That kind of stuff is peace faking. Look, it is, this is like, it's crazy because in our culture... Suicide has somehow been validated. That if people take their life, which is really not their own, but they take their life and say, this is what's going to bring me peace. I'm telling you right now, if you're in this room or if you're watching online and you have thoughts of suicide, that is a demonic suggestion from the pit of hell. You're too valuable, too important, too necessary. The call of God is upon your life. You reject that lie in the name of Jesus. 
Reject that lie in the name of Jesus. That does not bring you peace. Don't ever let people validate suicide. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And your people that you leave, you leave heartbroken and devastated. Jesus loves you. Jesus has a plan for your life. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And your, your, your steps are ordered. Your days are numbered by God. No one, no one, no one numbers their own days. Their own days, yes. Only God numbers our days. See, but that's peace faking. Coming at people, the whole spirit of by any means necessary, okay? Violence and anger never attain the righteousness of God. Don't validate it. We live by a higher call. We live by a higher standard. Let me give you a real practical example. Many of you may or may not know that Pastor Edgar, when he was in his early 20s, he was a Marine. And when it was time for him to get out of the Marines, um, it turns out that they give you some classes that you're supposed to take. And so there was a guy in his barracks who virtually no one liked him. He was a, 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 a neo-Nazi, a white supremacist. And he was loud and proud about it. I mean, he told everybody what he thought about them. And he hated everyone that was not like him. He was, um, just was not shy. So anyways, it, it turns out that um, he was getting out too. So they put Pastor Edgar and him in the same class. And I was like, oh, snap. So how did this thing happen? They started to talk. And then one day, it was like, hey, let's go, let's go to the chow hall. And all of a sudden, they started to eat together. And, and then after class, they were like, hey, you want to go watch a movie or whatever? And people would walk in to the room and Edgar, right, Puerto Rican from Humboldt Park with the neo-Nazi. And then watching a the movie and people were like, what in the world is going on here? Right? And little by little, little by little, things started to change. And the guy, when they left the Marines, the guy said, you know what? I can't go back to the way I used to be because I consider you a very close friend. And he goes, I just can't be that way anymore. How many know it is possible? It is possible. Come on, put your hands together if you believe that it's possible. Peace is possible here and now in Chicago, in America. Peace is possible. Don't tell me we can't be bridge builders. We just got to be willing to be like Jesus. We got to be willing to love the unlovely. We got to be willing to love those who hate us. Are you willing to love those who hate you? That is the call of the child of God. Thanks for that, amen. I know you pushed all you want. Amen. It's like a push. I appreciate that. It's true. We are children of God. We're children of the Most High God. We can live differently. We can be different. We're not here to follow the ways of this world. 
We're the kind of people who say, I refuse to hate someone else. I won't hate them for what they've done. I'm going to choose love. Someone famous said that, didn't they? I'm going to choose love because love is greater than hate. I will be a bridge builder. I refuse to burn the bridges down. Somebody please say amen to that. That's what we're called to do. Yes, 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 Jesus. Jesus is able to do it by his mighty power. You know, when you look at, when you look at the book of Acts, you see these simple people turning the whole world upside down because they believed that God could do the things that he said he would do. What do you believe about what Jesus wants to do in Chicagoland, in your office? What do you believe about that? Let's really hear from God. Let's believe God. Let's, let's walk home and let's walk home fulfilled. Let's walk home excited and joyful because we've, we put some bricks down to build a bridge. Hallelujah. Joy unspeakable and full of glory for the peacemakers. Which, listen, bridge building, when we really engage in it, it's deeply, deeply fulfilling. Here's what Jesus was saying to those people. So imagine Jesus is speaking to masses. These masses were oppressed by the Roman Empire. You got beef with our government, fine. But let me tell you something, that government was brutal. Okay? In the mix of the people, there were people who naturally hated each other because of their race, okay? So there's nothing new under the sun. The problems of mankind don't really change. Then even the religious establishment was divided. There was all of this division and here Jesus boldly pronounces, happy, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the children of God. So many people want to be distinguished. They want to stand out. They want to say, I'm special. Some people are special because of, a, of something that they accomplished or, or, or money that they attain and, and, uh, or a position that they attain. But Jesus is saying there's something better than all of that. There's something about someone who commits to be a peacemaker. If you're a peacemaker, any room that you walk into, people will say, you see that person right there, that person is different. That person is special. That person, I don't get them, but they're like from another planet. They're from another world. That person is a child of the most high God. Hallelujah. Nothing will make you more satisfied, more happy than just that label right there. Your reputation does matter. Look at what Proverbs chapter 22 says. The Proverbs 22 says, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. You want to be content? You want to be satisfied and happy? I'm telling you right now, be a peacemaker. To be known as a peacemaker is to be elevated in the eyes of everyone. 
You know, in the Bible, Barnabas is famous in the New Testament. He's very special. You know why? Because God takes this um, angry murderer, okay, persecutor of the church, and he saves him. That's God's way, right? And then all of the Christians were afraid of Paul, the, the one who would become the apostle Paul. They're all afraid. And Barnabas goes looking for Paul and says, come with me. And when the, when the people in the church were like, hey, you know who that guy is? You know what he did? You know what? He said, chill out, man. He's saved now. Chill out. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. And he built a bridge. And he says, I stand with this guy. And I support this guy. And he built up. And he made a way. And he stood with him. And he walked with him. You need to walk with someone this week. You need to support someone this week. You need to be a Barnabas, a son of encouragement this week. Funny thing, now the Apostle Paul is running the, 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 his ministry, doing great things for God. And then this new Jack, his name was Mark, coming up kind of more like double A, not ready for the big leagues yet. And, and they give him a shot. And instead of standing strong, Mark runs off and chickens out. And then Barnabas says, let's go back and get Mark because we need to keep training this guy. And Paul was like, I, got, I want nothing to do with this guy. And Mark is like, what's wrong with you, Paul? Don't you remember when I was doing this for you? I was doing this for you. I want you to know at the end of his life, Paul said, send Mark for me because he is very helpful to me in the ministry. Jesus never gives up on people and so we never give up on people. Hallelujah. That's who we want to be. Don't give up on them. Whoever God has put in your life, don't give up on them. You will be deeply fulfilled. It will be worth the sweat. It will be worth the labor. And listen, just in this past week, because everyone is in this, well, I got to take care of myself mode. There was an article uh, in the Atlantic Monthly. This was just this past week. A, a psychologist um, wrote, this is a very long article, fantastic article. Here's what he says. He says, self-care isn't the fix for late pandemic malaise. Malaise is like sickness, wrong, disease-like. You know, and he said, what we need is to take care of others. Here's what he's saying. Everybody look at me for a second before I finish reading this. If you get into, well, I got to look out for me now. You ever hear when people get into that? Usually that's a sign of a person who's hurting. Anytime we're hurting, we're like, well, I got to look out for me now. I got to take care of myself now. That means you're in a weak state instead of a strong state. Okay. And he's, he's what he's saying, though. They're, they've done studies. They've noticed that when people just look out for themselves, they don't end up fulfilled. Listen, but self-care alone won't fulfill people's psychological needs as we rebound from the pandemic. After many months in relative isolation, we must reclaim connection and meaning. That comes not just from caring for ourselves, but also from caring for one another. 
That is bridge building. You want to be good? You want to feel good? Do something for someone else. And watch your cup be filled. Watch your heart be filled. Reach out to someone else. Do something. Build a bridge. You will be satisfied. You will be better. You'll feel stronger. You'll feel whole. It's like a supernatural transaction that takes place by the Spirit of God. I'm telling you right now, this is the opposite of what the world says. But I'm declaring to you online, I'm, I'm, I'm pleading with you. Put your faith in the word of God. Put your faith in God's strategy for your life. Put your faith in the ways of God. Don't buy what the world is selling. You can be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hallelujah. We're called to be strong. We're called to be full and free. Hallelujah. But we got to put our faith in the word of God and live out the word of God. This world is just not strong enough for Jesus. You know, when the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, that's what it's talking about. It's saying God inside of you and you doing things God's way, being led by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, okay, hearing from the Holy Spirit. Nobody can beat you in that. How many know we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, hallelujah, when we live God's way. But it's other world. It looks different, it's opposite, but it is still truly the way of blessing. Listen, here's... Um, I want to close with a final example. Right before President Lincoln, um, he, right, right before the end of the Civil War, it was coming to a close, they knew that they were going to win. President Lincoln met with some of his generals. There's a famous painting. It's called The Peacemakers. Okay. And they were discussing the, um, the surrender and how they were going to handle the surrender. It's funny how the, the, the painter put a rainbow and a rainbow represents the love and peace of God. That's the true meaning of that. How many know that's the true meaning of that? Hallelujah. And they asked him, what are you going to do? How are you going to handle this? And here's what he said. He said... First of all, with malice toward none. With malice toward none. I want you to drink that in for a moment. I want you to think about how many lives were lost in the Civil War. It's like a half million lives, I believe. Okay? Think about the, the devastation and the loss. Think about the wickedness of slavery. Could anything be more wicked than slavery? I mean, that is the bottom of the barrel. It's the lowest of the low. And here's what he said. He said, with malice toward none. I don't want one drop of the hate that I fought against in my spirit. I don't want one drop of the spirit of rejection of another human being in my spirit. I don't want to mimic any of that with malice. 
toward none. Listen, with charity for all, which means love. With firmness in the right, without compromise for what's right. He says, as God gives us to see the right, let us strive on to finish the work we're in, to bind up the nation's wounds, to care for him who shall have borne the battle and for his widow and his orphan to do all which may, uh, which may achieve and cherish a just and a lasting peace among ourselves and with all nations. Let me tell you something, this is other world. But God can put this kind of heart inside of our chest. He can put it inside of us that we could love the person that we know hates us. Anybody here ready to receive that challenge, the deep biblical challenge? Come on, you ready to receive the word of God today? We're not called to be like the world. Okay? So look, when I, when I read that, I was like, come on. Nobody on the news is talking about that. Okay? We don't want to be led by that. We want to listen with the ears for the word of the Lord. So I want to pray today. And here's the last thing I'll say before we pray. Very, very important. Because remember, the word of God has to be personalized in the end. You got to make it for you. So there's two kinds of peacemaking. One form of peacemaking, which is very laudable, it's good is where you work to make sure that there's peace between people. You mediate. You know two of your friends or you know two family members or even in the office, you work hard at being, at keeping that bridge open. Don't let them burn the bridge down. Okay, that's one form of peacemaking. The other form of peacemaking is actually a little bit higher and a little bit harder. It's even more work. And that's when you have to build a bridge when someone has burned it down. That's personal. That's relational. That means that you literally say, it starts with you going to God and saying, Lord, I need grace for reset. I need grace to forgive. I need grace to restore. I will forgive my father. I will forgive my spouse. I will forgive uh, uh, my, my uh, cousin. I will forgive my friend who backstabbed me. I will forgive. I will forgive. I will forgive that group of people. I will forgive uh, uh, that teacher. I will forgive. I will forgive. God reset in my heart. Reset in my heart. And God, I want to be part of the, of the repairing and the restoring of relationships. As we go to pray today, here's what I believe. I believe that God wants to give you and me a remarkable week. Absolutely remarkable. Absolutely otherworld supernatural. A remarkable week. But you know how we're going to step into that week? We're going to be bridge building. 